I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. When it comes to medicine, we often think that the therapies, procedures, and drugs administered are the most significant component of a successful treatment. But what if that thinking was wrong? Plato said, the greatest mistake in the treatment of diseases is that there are physicians for the body and physicians for the soul, although the two cannot be separated. What if we were missing something even bigger that had nothing to do with the clinical side and everything to do with the patient mindset and their soul? Today, we're diving into the subject of faith in medicine and healing. And if anybody knows about faith, it's today's guest. She's a singer-songwriter that was the number one inspirational artist of the year on the Billboard charts in 2008. She's traveled the world leading people in worship, singing songs of hope, and sharing a message of finding your value and purpose in life. She also understands what it means to be chronically ill when she discovered she had neurological Lyme disease and had to take a sabbatical from touring to seek treatment. She ended up at her clinic, the New York Center for Innovative Medicine, and began a healing journey that, above all, required true conviction and led her to her newest album, All Things. This is the story of Faith's role in healing with Jamie Jamgoshin. I started this podcast really only thinking of speaking to patients. That's mm-hmm. why it was your healthier story. Yeah. Because I realize that by telling a story, first off, it's a little bit liberating. Mm-hmm. I've had people sit here and be like, this is the first time ever I've told this because I didn't want to rehash it. I'm yeah. now in a healthy spot. Yeah. Why go back to that? Yeah. But when they told it, emotions flowed. Oh, no, I'm a little, I don't yeah. know if I have it. <laughs> we, got, we got napkins <laughs> here, yes. Facial tissues ready for that. Yeah. Let the emotions go. Yeah. Don't hold on to them. But... It was incredibly empowering for others to hear. Mm-hmm. I've heard so many people. I don't know if you've seen Ben Aaron's TEDx story. He was story. the one. It was his story. <sighs> Everyone that says that. got me that. here. And then my first day of treatment in the IV, scared to death, in New York, with strange New Yorkers, no offense, I'm not in Tennessee <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and people putting things in my arm. Yep. My veins not doing what my veins should do. You know what I mean? And I'm just literally like, God, I think I've missed it. This This can't be right. And Ben sat down and I heard him speak to one of the doctors. And I looked at him and I said, no I recognize your voice. I <laughs> He's said, a how, superstar. How do I know your voice? And it was his story. And I felt like that was such divine intervention, my first day of treatment, to just that little push that I think I now, part of my story, is seeing those little pushes the mm-hmm. whole way through of saying, I'm in the right place at the right time. This was the guy that motivated me to get here. Here I am on my first day scared to death. And that's like, amazing. It was so encouraging. Ben's not in here that often. I know. He's and he's like... the one that told me, you need to meet Casper. You have a story. I shared with him what I do. Mm-hmm. How I love to inspire people with hope. He's like, you need to meet Casper. He's got a whole podcast. Yeah. And that's how I connected with you. Amazing. Because Ben yeah. has been that basically beacon of hope for many. And I, I didn't pick up on it really until I started speaking with other patients. Yeah. They're like, I just needed that one voice to tell me mm-hmm. I can get better. Not that I will or that, you know, I have to follow in his footsteps or anything, but to hear that someone is in my Mm -hmm. state of things also, Mm -hmm. which is just a chronically ill state, maybe hopeless a little bit, jumping Mm -hmm. from doctor to doctor, not knowing what to do, and they got better. Yeah. That gives me hope. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to talk about in today's Mm -hmm. podcast is that idea of hope and faith, which you held on very well, I know, during the treatment. Mm -hmm. But even before that... I know this is all hope, faith is a big part of your life. Yeah. You're a singer. This is what comes out of you basically when you sing so much. But where was it along the path, your journey, that you started to become ill? Where, what was that story like? Because you're singing, you're doing these things. And I don't know this side of the story. I knew Mm -hmm. you as a patient and now Mm -hmm. I know you as a healthy person and a friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you take us a little bit earlier to how you basically became a patient in a sense? Yeah. And isn't it neat? Like we learn so much on our journey. So now I can look back and see these pieces of the puzzle and put them together and be Only like, now, right? oh my gosh, that's why. So honestly, Casper, I think it goes back to second grade, if I'm being real. Like I can remember Way I would back. get these nasty migraine headaches as like, I was the happiest go lucky kid. You can tell I'm a positive by mm-hmm. nature person. My parents didn't get it because I, you know, I was just excelling in other areas and 
would get these wicked migraines like once a week, put me out, the whole thing, vomit, have to miss a day of school. And my mom and dad didn't know why. They were just like, maybe it's hereditary. Dad's dad had migraines. My dad had struggled with them. So we're like, okay. But I remember as a young child, I was always drawn to the things of the spirit as a young girl as well. So I would pray Mm -hmm. and just be, you know, laying there like, God, take this, take this headache away. And I can remember just sensing his presence and his peace. And I look back now and I believe, I don't know if I had gotten bitten by a tick as a child or not, but there is one time we went to the children's pediatrician doctor, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And I did have a, um, the bullseye. Yeah. Like a little rash. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, back then they thought it was something else. They gave me some ointment. Lime, I'm older. Lime wasn't even, not that old, but Lime wasn't <laughs> even in the realm of, you know. No, it wasn't. So fast forward, headaches went away. Well, no. Then I had some learning issues, which was really out of the box as well. Like out of the blue, teachers call my parents, your daughter needs to get into speech class and comprehension, learning mm-hmm. comprehension. I didn't know. I thought I was doing great in school. So we did all the special classes and all that. Fast forward, get into middle school, and something clicks when I started playing piano. Mm. And this is the part I want to encourage someone is to find find the things that make you come alive. Find your strength. If you're a mom or a grandmother listening or a father, find those things that make your child light up and come alive. Because that was the key and that was the ticket for the learning, it like just switched on the other side of my brain. Now, I don't know the science. You guys would probably know the science behind it. But as soon as that creative side came alive, and it came so easy, I could hear a song sit down at like nine years old and just, you know, plop it out. My academics were just, it went through the roof. Like top straight A students, giving the speech, you know, high school mm-hmm. graduation, graduated college, summa kuma, whatever you call it. <laughs> so there's something to that. And I think... That was part of my health story, too, because during that time, the headaches went away. Mm -hmm. So there's like these little keys, headaches, learning issues. Music came into my life, played a huge role. Went into my dream music school, Berkeley. But it was at Berkeley, another little like part of the puzzle with my healing story. I think I was exposed to mold in those dorms, Boston Commonwealth Ave. I mean, come on. And I had constant what do you call that, tonsillitis, mm-hmm. where your tonsils are inflamed yep. and how to be on antibiotics. You don't want to know how many years. You'd mm, like look at me like you're crazy. Don't. Several years all yeah. through college, like as soon as I'd go off the antibiotics, I'd get it again. Right. So finally my junior year, I just had them out because that's what conventional doctors tell you to do. I was a singer. I was getting to do really cool music things and sing background for James Taylor and Livingston Taylor and just living life to the fullest but didn't feel awesome physically. Mm -hmm. Then mono hits, right? Which Mm. you just think is the college kissing disease. I don't know, just to be honest today, right? And so I'm like, oh, I got got mono. So, But then that was hard to overcome. So it was like one thing after another after another. And I think some people are built just to push. And I think that's good. Like I would push, push, push. But I also think it's a warning sign that something in your body is not functioning right. And I wish I had had some tools and some of the knowledge I have now with health and wellness to have known, girl, (laughs) something in your body is not right. Strep, tonsillitis, migraines, you know, I had lost a lot of weight randomly. Like there were just some like things, you know, that didn't make sense. But I pushed through once again, (laughs) graduated, you know, top of my class, had a real faith experience at Berkeley, which maybe we'll talk about later Mm because I do believe that has been what carried me through the lowest of lows with my health struggle with Lyme disease. Had this faith encounter, moved to Seattle, and it was in Seattle that was my first, like, something is very wrong. And I went to a chiropractor. Mm. So chiropractor was like, you're just out of alignment. Let's align you, your spine, your posture. Mm-hmm. You play the piano, you sing with a mic like mm-hmm. this all the time, you know, <laughs> as we sit up straighter. And I think that was my entry to the holistic way of living at, like, 22 Okay. I didn't early on. Early on, but I didn't, you know, grow up that way. You know, I didn't know much about probiotics or eating organic or gluten free or finding what your food sensitivities are or anything like that. And he really helped me begin the journey. And it was like these little steps that just helped me along the way. But I wonder if I've had Lyme. I wonder if I had Lyme for a long. Your dad actually thinks I've had it. I think Mm -hmm. he said ten to twenty years, which kind of rocked my boat. 
I have to say, and there are doctors that feel like a large population has Lyme even don't don't know it, and it it tr- you know triggers different symptoms along the way, and it's only when you're stressed, let's say, it comes out. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing spirochete that hides in you, and yes, it, it may be more prevalent. But even aside from that, your story is actually very very similar to so many others where it started so young. Interesting. But the body's able to compensate, and what you mm-hmm. did to compensate, I think, which is so great. You found something you loved. I loved. You yeah, found so your passion you really part. early. Totally. So the best part is like my music changed. I was a jazz singer and like the cruise lines, the bars, my funny Valentine, you know, all that. <laughs> Had the little outfits on. And awesome. <laughs> guy would be like, sing it again, baby. I'm like, you better tip me more than that, you know. <laughs> and um, had this faith encounter with God my senior year where I didn't grow up really. I believed in God but didn't follow anything and just gave my heart to the Lord, became a, a Jesus follower, not in a weird way, but just believe in the gospel. And I believe yeah. the truth will set you free. And for me, I just had such a heart encounter. And so my music changed. So now I wanted to sing gospel, inspiring, inspirational music about mm-hmm. hope, about faith. I end up in Seattle, of all places, from Boston to Seattle. You went across the country. And here I am, like uh, a music minister, worship leader at a big church. And at 25, I get my first record deal, which was kind of cool. Um, a Very Nashville, cool. Yeah, a Nashville <laughs> company scouted me out. And I was you know, still writing music. And here, though, comes the part of this health story that I wish I had been more in tune with. I was so in tune in my music if mm-hmm. I had just been more in tune in my health and signed the deal, moved from Seattle to Nashville, made the first record, had my first number one hit, which was so cool, Christian radio, all that, billboard whatever, you know, all the, all the like little stupid accolades, but it was cool. Those are stupid. And <laughs> traveling and just began to crash and burn. If mm. it wasn't headaches, it was fatigue. I can remember some mornings I would be in hotel rooms and, you know, you have a, an event, so you have to sound check at 3 p.m. You have to be ready. You know, you have to, like, do things. It's not all what people think, Oh, right? no, it's busy. And um, I literally couldn't lift my arms one mm. morning. And I'm like, I haven't worked out. I haven't lifted anything heavy. I have a team around me helping. Like, what is this? So there would be little triggers. I can remember one night on stage, I felt like I couldn't deliver my setups for my songs the way I normally would. Like, my words weren't coming out my brain wasn't connecting like this is weird but I would always just be like I'm tired it's jet lag you just flew from the Philippines back to Nashville you're just tired Jamie like I would compensate in that way instead of listening Mm. to my body and just to encourage people like listen (laughs) listen to those signs and maybe that maybe your followers here do that but I was not doing that and so I found my first doctor that diagnosed me when I got back from Peru, just rock bottom. Mm. And he didn't know quite what it was. And we went down the Lyme route and all the markers came up. But he was also, unfortunately, in that field of you'll always have this, you'll always be sick. Here is a bunch of medicine to treat the headaches, the anxiety that came on out of nowhere. Caspar was never like an mm-hmm. anxious person. And I'm like, this is awful. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what people that say they deal with anxiety went through. Depression. I mean, I had seasons where I'm like, this is so not me. I'm thriving in every area of life and I feel so low, like physically drained. So I did, you know, so many protocols, so many try this, do this, holistic and more, what do you call it? Western or conventional Conventional orthodox, yeah. And I wish I had found this place. 10, 20 years ago, and I just pushed. And I would say, find the thing that you love, because I do believe it's what kept me alive. And I I don't say that lightly. I don't know if I'd be here had I not had purpose, Mm -hmm. passion, conviction, and faith in God that he's he's not done. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pieces of the story. There's so much more. I'm sure there is. I'm sure we'll tap into some of that. But I think it really is important that what I've seen with patients, and I always try and look at the patterns, I say, because the particles are always going to be different. Everyone's like, what did you do to get better? It's like, that's the wrong question because you're not going to have that same path, Mm -hmm. you know, that you did this IV versus this. Everyone's Mm -hmm. personalized. If you come here to this center or anywhere, really, that's doing some kind of functional medicine, it shouldn't be generalized protocols because we're all different. You can't treat us the same, even though we have the same maybe conditions or diagnoses. 
And so, I love that. It's custom made. One of the lines of one, of my, one of my new songs says that all the while you keep saying, trust that I'm custom making everything for good. And literally, yeah. this was the first place that you guys knew, like, you need this amount of this. You need this today, that tomorrow. Like, it was so for what my body, mind, soul, spirit needed. But that's the difference of it, Jamie, is that we are not telling you what you need. You're telling us. Your body's telling us, We're in a, a sense. We're a team. Right? Yeah. yeah. It is a team approach to it in that way that the patient is responsible for healing. Mm-hmm. We're only serving as guides and catalysts in it right. and giving you what your body is asking for right. to get you back to that healthy state. And I'm sure some people's routes, they do use antibiotics and maybe they work oh, yeah. or they do. I know we all have a healing journey and my story is going to look different different than somebody else's but I think there's this element of trust that you have to have trust with God trust with yourself trust in whatever your higher power is or it's not going to ever come to completion I see how people can stay sick now because Mm -hmm. you have to have a mindset and I know it takes longer for some than others but without that mindset of this is not always going to be like this Mm. You know, I can remember sitting in one of the IV chairs, and it's sweet to be back a year and a half later now. Even today, I'm like, my eyes are like welling up, like, only God could have done this. But sitting there, remembering how I felt, like, could barely function, would mm-hmm. be on my phone, texting people, please pray, like, this is awful. You know, like, I feel so a shell of myself. And here we are a year and a half later. But the thing I remembered was clinging to that faith and healing of hearing that still small voice of, I'm not done with you yet. Like, this isn't the end. This isn't how your story's going to end. I'm actually Mm -hmm. writing a beautiful story in your life, even in the worst part. Because some people probably listening right now, they're at that place I was at, the worst of the worst, could barely get out of bed, Mm -hmm. could barely put a sentence together. Make up, forget it. You know what I mean? Like, like life just looked so different. Somebody asked me, like, well, were you singing during that time? I'm like, no, I, I didn't sing for an entire year. You know, like it just wasn't feasible in that season. And But to have that hope, you have to have something to cling to and you have to have your truth, whatever that might be. And that's what got me through the darkest nights in this, even the healing journey here was just clinging to what I knew God was speaking into my spirit to come on the other side, that there will be a beautiful story out of this. And that took faith, because when you don't feel it, man, does it take faith. I was going to say, you you hit some real lows there, and it took you a while to find a place like this or to heal any place that could really help you. And you said there was depression there, there was anxiety. These are all symptoms, you know, of being unhealthy in a sense. Now, it's going to be different again for everyone, but in general, I hear it all the time. Yeah, And the neurological part was really bad, like the... The headache, I mean, I don't know how people, it was 24-7 for over Lime messes with your brain. I mean, you heard that Ben story. He's staring at his shoes one morning. He's like, what are those? I don't know what to do with them because his brain was just fried from the Lyme. And you guys were the first ones to shed light on, Jamie, this is a neurological Mm -hmm. Lyme disease infection. And Mm -hmm. I think when I heard that, it clicked. It actually gave me hope, Casper, because I was like... It's not all in my head. Like, mm. I literally, sure, it's an infection in my head, but I'm not making this up. Because you can go to some, hate to say this, to some doctors, and they're just like, you're anxious. What's going on in your life? And I'm right. like, something's wrong. <laughs> this is not me. <laughs> you know. And that is where it becomes so, you lose so much hope. And that's where I want to kind of get you. And faith. You lose faith in the system. Absolutely. When you're going doctor to doctor, not one can give you a solution or an answer and basically says it's in your head. Nothing showing on my charts. This is all on you. Stop being a weirdo. And you're sitting there feeling it. And you know in your heart that is not the truth. And I hear people just get broken down after a while. Mm -hmm. And they just get dejected. Mm -hmm. And as much faith as they had, they Mm -hmm. start to lose it. Because they are in a spot where they're depressed, they're anxious, and no one is really listening to them. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so thankful for a strong family unit. I have a... I have a great family. I have a great mom and dad and sister who are super supportive. And they knew. They were like, this is not who you are. This isn't you. This is a disease that's trying to take over. So to have them speaking truth. There's a scripture I love that says um, our words have power to bring life to people mm-hmm. or to literally like tear someone down and you know bring death and curse them. And I can remember a few appointments, doctor's appointments. It was just doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. You know, you're always going to have 
arthritic pain in your knees and your your cycle might never be right. You're this, you're that, you're that. And I remembered in my heart being like, nah, I don't buy that. Mm. First of all, that's not the God I serve because I believe he works all things for good. Romans 8, 28, Mm -hmm. my new album, all things. (laughs) But also that he can make beauty out of ashes. And he is a healer. Like he, you know, this might ruffle some feathers, but he is our healer, mind, body, soul, spirit. So I would look at those doctors and be like, what's the protocol? I do it with all my heart get as far as I could with them. And a lot of them were like, wow, you're doing amazing. But I would always hit a roadblock where I wasn't fully myself. Fast forward to 2018 where I was doing too much, had too much pressure probably, um, got to be a part of an incredible um, new church movement, church plan for young people in Tennessee. It was awesome and was thriving there, working there, traveling, singing, releasing music. I think it was too much for the state of my physical health, mm-hmm. which then affected my emotional health, my everything. You know, God knows our spirits the most. He knows our hearts better than anybody else. And he kept my spirit, man, my heart strong. But when your body is so weary and mm-hmm. so weak, everything else just begins to give out. And that's when I found you guys. I had to leave my beautiful condo in Nashville. I'm like, you know, independent women, like thriving in life. And here I am moving home. At my age to Boston, I'm not that old, just so everybody knows, (laughs) moving home to Boston to live with my parents, who are 70, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just, talk about a hard, humbling season for anybody that is having a hard time just getting out of bed and functioning. I can remember, I would set goals for myself, and it would be like, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up, you're going to wash your face, you're going to put your favorite lip gloss on. And you're going to like go sit on the couch, like get out of the Mm -hmm. bedroom, get out of your bed. The next day you're going to go for a walk, even though your head is killing and you have no strength, you're going to get outside. Like, I think it's so important in your healing journey to even continue to set goals that are attainable um, for you. Those were attainable. I wasn't doing the walks I do now, but Mm -hmm. I was doing 10 minute little getting outside. And it was through a friend who knew how sick I was. She had heard of your clinic. Um, sent me it's when I heard Ben's story and she said we're flying to New York and that's Mm. then how I came after about almost a year of really suffering and trying different things and nothing working coming here and having Dr. Caitlin just read my mail from that BAH blood spot test Mm -hmm. and two months later did treatment here for two I was here a long time they said I had a lot to do I think I was here like two and a half months back and forth from Boston and it was a journey even then. You have to have patience with this. Like it, I was not healed. The day I left, they're like, the Lyme is gone. The Epstein-Barr is gone. All the weird other things I had going on are gone. But now's your journey. Now it starts. We always say that. And yeah. it's a hard thing for people to understand a lot that healing, first off, is never linear. It's incredibly humbling, like you said, as is disease. It is a game of patience. But in the end, it's something that changes you for the better. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you ride it out in a sense. Now, like you said, it, it took a while. But I mean, even hearing, all right, you're going through all this. You're you're at some low points. It's ups, downs in your life, as I've heard from so many, because it is, again, it's like a roller coaster. It's not linear. Disease is not linear. Some days you have good days, you know, other days they're terrible, yeah. right? And you hear about this strange place you probably never heard of Oh my before. gosh, I Googled you guys and I was like, this is out there. But I love that you did body, mind, soul, spirit. Because I, as a believer, as a Christian woman, like I know firsthand that you need all of that healthy mm-hmm. to function well in life. It's not just one. No, no. We are not mechanistic robots with just bodies that functionary yeah. you could cut off and replace and everything like that. You're not just your mental state either. You're not just your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You are something much more in this mm-hmm. world. You are connected to it. You are one with it. Mm-hmm. And that spirit is so essential. That is a part of the healing. And that's the most important, I say, part of it all. But you had to have some reservation. (laughs) You had to have some like, I never heard of this place. It isn't like they have like commercials and reviews everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get really real. So we come out, my dear friend Kristen, she's an angel. She had Lyme as well. She wasn't as bad as I was. And um, came out, I can remember the night before we stayed the hotel right down the street. And I just wasn't in a good place. And she had gone to sleep. And I'm literally like sobbing in bed, which again, I'm all for being in touch with your emotions. And I do cry. But 
I was so not myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just praying like, God, if this is if this is the miracle you have for me, because I knew he was going to heal. And I think that's important to have that hope that you can be healed. You know, I never gave up on that. Even though we tried lots of different methods and treatment centers and all that, I knew in my heart this was not forever. Like there's so much more in my life and so much more has happened now and there's so much more to come. I can't wait. But I can remember just crying. I asked, I prayed one prayer. If this is you, God, make it so clear. So we show up thinking it's going to be like New York City. We just didn't prepare ourselves. I think we were thinking like, what do you call them? The skyscrapers? Yeah, huge like, building, like, yeah, all like that. very like modern hospital setting. All of that. No, that that's so not we what get we are. to this beautiful, homey feeling. It's I always tell people I always feel so good here. I wish I could like move in. Like I just the air is good. You know what I mean? Like it was homey. Now we weren't in Tennessee anymore. So like, you know, people were kind though. Um your dot your you know, your staff is kind. They're not Southerners, though. And, uh, <laughs> no, we are no New York guys. Yeah. It's a different type. Yeah. New Yorkers cuss a lot. Not here, but New Yorkers in general cuss a lot. And um, I can remember we did the test, mm-hmm. the first test, and then they sent us home. And I was just praying. I'm like, God, just let this all line up. And we came right in the next day. And I met with Dr. Caitlin. Mm-hmm. And she literally, it was like she opened up the storybook of my life. And there's another passage in the Bible that talks about how God writes every day of our life. We mm-hmm. have a, it's already been written. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like she had like ripped a page out of it because she knew everything. She's like, we're seeing from your blood that you have this infection, this co-infection. I wish I remembered them all, you know, Par- <laughs> parasite. Were you in Peru? I'm like, how did you know I was in Peru? Were you in the Philippines? How did you know I was in the Philippines? Like, it was weird, the things they knew from that BAH. Yeah. Did you have like emotional stress when you were such and such an age? I'm like, I was signing a record deal. That was pretty stressful. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> moving from Seattle to Nashville, that was pretty stressful. You know, buying my first home, like all these things that she knew. But she looked at me and she said, this is going to be a journey. You're you're mm-hmm. sick. And I, as hard as it was to hear everything that was going on, it just brought hope. It was like, yes, you have something neurologically going on that's causing you did not feel like you can get my words out right, which clearly you can tell I love to talk. You know what I mean? It was so frustrating mm-hmm. back then in that season to not be able to oh, communicate yeah. well. And I have joy and I'm happy and to feel so low. And she's like, you probably feel depressed. I'm like, you have no idea. I'm like, should I go on like some of that medicine or something? Give me a <laughs> Lexapro or something. And she's like, no, let's try another route. You know? yeah. And um, it just brought... It was the answer to my prayer that night. She, it was confirmation. And then, you know, she prints out, you get like a three page, you're going to need this treatment for this long. So I go home to my sweet family, who is a praying family. And I'm so thankful for that. And we just began to pray, is this, is this the next step? And my dad, who I love to death, he's, he's just in the last few years become such a man of faith. And he just looked at me and he's like, we're going to do whatever it takes, honey. And I think that's the heart of the Father God. If I can just encourage people that um, your Heavenly Father will do whatever it takes for you to get well. And your story's not over yet. And we took that. It's a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith with time. It's a leap of faith financially. It's a leap of faith putting you know our trust in you guys. And you guys are trusting us to do our part. It's like a teamwork, like we said earlier. And um, we were skeptical when we began to Google what y'all were going to be doing. We're like, what the heck is an ACMOS? I can remember then my dad was like, I don't know about this place. And we were like, we were looking at reviews to see if Dr. Schultz had any negative reviews. I mean, we were doing our, I have the kind of father that like called when I moved to Seattle to make sure I wasn't joining a cult. (laughs) Called the FBI. I'm not kidding you. Really? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so like we did our research and we could not find one negative review and everything you know then I learned about a woman here named Heather who's one of your doctors Mm -hmm. and her story and that was another confirmation our stories are so similar and so yeah getting here was a step of faith but I knew it was the next step so they're like there's little step faiths right and what I love is like you don't need giant faith it says 
If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you're good. And literally, there are some days I carried a mustard seed in my pocket. I'm like, this is all I got. <laughs> this is all I got today. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's really true that it is a leap of faith, but you don't have to go there 100%. Everyone thinks that, you know, when you're there, it's like, it just felt so right. I don't think you ever get to like faith being a hundred percent because then it isn't, it isn't a leap first off. It's a step then or not even. Yeah. We don't see what we believe. No, but even Ben does talk about, he's like, I tell anyone that I speak to, do you get at least a 70, 80% feeling good about it? Because that 20%, you don't worry about. It's always there. Oh, yeah. That's always going to be some doubt and skepticism yeah. and, you know, someone looking up what is ACMOS and be like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, this looks weird. And I remember the first time doing it, I'm like, oh, we're done? Like, that was it? You know what I mean? Like, okay. <laughs> Listen, know? we're we're utilizing over 100 different things from all over the world that many, many other people have never heard of and never utilized yeah. and would look at it and be like, what is that? That is out there. But... We are doing it still in the scientific and experiencing it with other people and seeing the results. That's why it's applied. And we're yeah. always looking for better and better. But And it's I mean, customized, like you said earlier. And everything is personalized yeah. to your body. What does your body require? But I, that's a huge part of it is that mm-hmm. leap of faith. Yeah. When, when Caitlin said um, something about my pituitary gland, I almost like fell out to the floor. I'm like, how did you know? Because like, I think when it became neurological that just there became some issues with that which now the doctor's like it's gone like what did you do <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean the conventional doctor's like there's no little pituitary like so many things i was just telling the girls earlier my doctors are like everything looks better than when you were 25 like my female doctor's like what are you taking what are you doing i'm like i went to this clinic in new york she's like you're better than you were 25 like you better be careful when you get married if you don't have a kid right away you know like and which is again isn't that the heart of our heavenly father to not just heal the line but he goes above and beyond like i think i'm healthier now than when i was pre all this junk lime whatever you know a lot of people do say that disease is a blessing that takes you to a better place if you treat it that way right if you don't just stay there you Mm -hmm. act on it you take the courage the Mm -hmm. leap of faith Mm -hmm. and you get out the other side you will be rewarded yeah you know, fivefold yeah. for your efforts to yes. get back to healthy. Mm-hmm. And then you also have this great admiration, respect for health. You, you suddenly not take, understand yes. yeah, and you what don't take health a day means. For granted. Not like, a day, I right? Mean, I'm like literally living every day I can to the fullest. I'm like, what can I do in Huntington tonight? Like, you know what I mean? You're just so <laughs> excited because you have your life back. And that is the blessing mm-hmm. in it all. Now, let me ask you, because you did research, and I don't know if you're a person that requires to know everything. A lot of people are these days. Everyone wants to know exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've spoken to patients, and it's like six months later, and it's their 500th question of, will this work? What is this? What about this? What about this? And at a certain point, you got to go, yeah. I, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. y- this is just going to go on like a kid asking mm-hmm. why until <laughs> yeah. infinity. Yeah. But- you know, where were you in that comfort level of being, I'm not going to know what this is. I'm not going to understand what's being done to me in some ways, which I think is very scary. If I went to a doctor I didn't know and he's like, we're going to inject you with something, what is in it? He's like, well, I don't, you know, and you kind of get an answer, but you're not really there. I think when you get to a place of desperation, I mean, I was so sick. I wasn't working. Mm. I wasn't living in my, I think you will do anything. I mean, we're talking about it today. You know, I literally showed up, probably hadn't even brushed my teeth. I know that sounds disgusting, but like got out of bed, got here, gave them my arm. And just when you're that desperate, when you're that sick, you will do anything, Casper. And Mm -hmm. not to sound like overdramatic, but I had no clue what they were putting in me. But I trusted that initial meeting was my confirmation that I was in the right place when Caitlin revealed what was going on in my body. That was my peace. That was my confirmation. Then that began the faith journey here. So I did. I didn't put my trust in you guys. For me, I put my trust Mm. in God that Mm -hmm. he led me here. And it's not going to look perfect. I mean, there are days that I was doing treatments that affected me really bad. The girls remember like having to run to the bathroom every two minutes or like, Mm -hmm. you know, your body's going through things. And that didn't feel good. That didn't look like my this was you, God, you want to be here sicker. <laughs> like now I'm sicker. Great. And poorer. Great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but 
isn't that faith? Like we take steps forward and we take steps backwards, but he's in it all. And that's what I love. Even our failures in life can become our greatest testimonies Mm -hmm. and can help somebody else to get to the other side. And that's where I want to encourage people in this healing journey. So many people are battling. We're all, everybody's battling something, whether you have Lyme or an emotional issue or we all have our weaknesses and our strengths. But if you can find hope, once again, for me, that's in God and the Lord. Then you have an anchor, and then you have something to cling to because the waves are going to come. You're going to get tossed and turned. 2020 will prove you that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yes. so what are you holding on to? And I don't want to hold on to myself. No, I need something bigger than that. And I need to know that this was the plan. So every time I got here and they're like, now we're going to do this weird thing, sit in a room. <laughs> and I can remember it's the biocharger, which is not my yes. favorite. But <laughs> Jamie, we want you to lay on this table and think about three things that you are going to do when you're healed. And mm-hmm. I am not a cussing person. I wanted to look at that worker and be like, <laughs> blank, blank. You don't know what this headache feels like. You don't know what my body feels like. I'm going to sit here and try to sleep, you know. But I did it. And I did it in faith. And I listed three things. And do you know what? I've been doing those three things the last six to nine months with all my heart. And it's things I never thought. I'd be able to do again. And that's where your faith has to like, you just got to do it. Like you, some things in life you don't want to do, but you got to do it. And that's the thing. A lot of people think and would probably listen to you and be like, oh, but she would do that. That's who she is. She's no. always positive. No. And every, that's not true, right? There are no. a lot of people. I came in here for a while being skeptical things. And, and I've been through my own healing journey, not like yours, but just in smaller things in life. And there is that, I don't want to do that. just sounds silly to me right now. Yeah. That's not like, stop with this hocus pocus stuff mm-hmm. of positivity and everything. And yeah. just give me the pill to feel good, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just get worn out and tired. Mm-hmm. But just, so I think what, you know, what is to be brought out is you don't have to be in this wonderful positive state. No. Oh, You're not so, going to be. I was so depressed. I don't even, I remember I met you, Casper. I don't even remember what we talked about. Yeah. I was not in a good place. Like, no, you don't have to be happy-go-lucky, any of that. Faith is in your heart. That mm-hmm. is in your spirit. And you can be sick in your bed today. I mean, I can remember days I would just lay there, but I would say, I'm not going to let this take me out. And, you know, as a singer, one of the most beautiful moments, and I know this might touch some people, but other people, they'll find another means of encouragement that relates to them. For me, music has played such a big role in my life. And I can remember on one of the lowest of days, it was the week I found your clinic right before Kristen called, just low. Like, why am I here? Like asking those kind of questions. Mm -hmm. Why live if I can't even function? Have my 70-year-old parents take care of me? This Mm -hmm. is ridiculous, you know? And um, I never got mad. I I did get mad, actually. I think it's okay to get mad. But I can remember one morning waking up in this song I had written probably a year prior. It was like a lullaby, just a gentle song. You're working all things, all things, all things for my good. And the chorus kept like reverberating. And I didn't really want to sing or do shows. I couldn't do shows during that season. And I couldn't get out of my head. I'm like, well, this is how I pulled up my laptop. I pulled the demo up and I listened to it. And every single word was written a year prior that I needed to hear Mm. on probably the lowest morning where thoughts had never gone where they were going in that moment. And um, one of the phrases says, every word that you have spoken is my healing when I'm broken. So I'll wait. I'll wait upon you, God, standing here with arms wide open. So to answer your question, Casper, I think you have to have a posture of surrender Mm -hmm. and you have to finally say, okay, I can't do this. I got to let go. I'm going to surrender to the process. I'm going to surrender to this journey as hard as it was to get here. Hotels, Airbnbs. It's not easy. Mm -mm. Eating, following the diet. You know, I'm maybe a little perfectionist. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't getting anything that wasn't (laughs) not organic during my treatments. And like finding those places and making that effort. And it's hard, but you know, long suffering, it it does something in you. It fortifies you. Um, Mm -hmm. For believers, it makes you see a side of of God that you never knew. He suffered for us. He took our place. And it's such a beautiful story that you get to enter into as God is writing your beautiful story. 
Absolutely. And I, I have to say, regardless of, you know, what you put your faith in, it's about that faith. Yeah. You had that strong foundation, that totem, we say, in your spirituality and placing it in God and feeling that others place it elsewhere, right. whether that's their family. So right. it's not to say, no, oh, I, I don't have God is. in my yeah. life or something. Right. That's it. You can mm-hmm. always find whatever you want to yes. call the universe, the nature, anything. Mm-hmm. It was funny. You mentioned that that mustard seed. Mm-hmm. And when we did a pro, we, we put together this program and we want to bring it back. And I shared it with you, Empowered Healing. Oh, I did it. Loved it. Right. And one of the things that was all about taking all of these patients who have gotten better and trying to find, again, the patterns. Mm-hmm. What did you do? Mm-hmm. That was the X factor. And of course, there was purpose, passion were big X mm-hmm. factors. But to do that, we actually advised them to find a totem, whether that's a dice or something that's very, oh, you I know, that part. Yeah. yeah. And make that your, like, if you're having a bad day, reach into your pocket and grab it wow. and bring it back to what your passion and bring it back to what you'll do when you're healed. How will you feel that. again, right? I... And so whatever it was, that totem, it could be a bracelet, anything mm-hmm. you know, particular to you. You could even put a little scratch in the dime so it's yours. You know yes. it and you reach it out yes. and you look at it and you just connect with that. On those worst days when people had those totems, they got through it where others may have quit and said, I'm not yeah. doing this anymore. And there are those days. I love that. There are those days that maybe I did quit a little bit sure. in my heart or in my mind. But I knew not to give up. I knew mm. to keep going. And I love that you said that. So that song is based off, I guess I didn't have a, well, I probably had it on my phone and probably read it all the time, but it says, we know in all things, God will work it for our good. And I can remember that would be like my little token, like on the days mm-hmm. where I felt like I was taking 10 steps backwards, mm-hmm. like, is this healing even working? I've been here for almost two months now and I, I don't feel better yet. If anything, it's exasperating yep. some symptoms because the way I understand it, things were trying to come out and detox and the years of the Lyme trying to get out of my brain. I mean, that was not fun, but I would, I love that. I would go back to, but God, you will work even this for my good. And then to have a purpose, passion, that's how my new album was birthed here. I guess that you're quitting because I would just keep thinking that phrase, all things, all things are going to work for my good. Like, I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't know how any of this is going to work. I had no record deal now. I had no job now because I had to take a sabbatical. Mm. I had sold my, I was about to sell my condo because I thought it had mold and some New Yorker investor was like, (laughs) I want to buy it furnished. I'm like, perfect, take it. You know what I mean? Like, but talk about surrender. Talk Mm -hmm. about finding that token that you can hold on to. And I had that little glimpse of, okay, there's, there's going to be another album. I think I should call it all things. I think the song should reflect this healing journey. And when that purpose hit, I love that you said that. When I got sight of what I'm called to do again is when my healing really began to take off for the better. Mm. That was in March of 2019. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. What are we in right now? 2020. 2020. I'm sorry. Almost. March of of 2020 (laughs) is when I started a new tour, the Aspire Events Tour, and started dreaming into this new album. So that would have been six months after treatment. Yeah. Not even a year. No, and that, then we that's released- great. And some people may say, wow, that's a long time. But in reality, again, healing is a long process. And even when you are, you know, given, done with your medical treatment, let's say, like they said, okay, Borrelia is gone. You know, these things are now gone. Epstein-Barr is gone. Right. Yeah. EBV gone. All yeah. these wonderful things. You're like, but I don't quite feel it. Because that's just the beginning, I say, of now you self-healing. Yeah. We always say, we want to get you to a position mm-hmm. where you could self-manage again, mm-hmm. Be in a state where things are working properly, but you're not going to be healed. That takes time. Yeah. yeah. Think about how many years. Listen, you may have had this since you were a child, I you know. said, right? I know. And I had to change so many things in my life. I mean... Tell us I, about that a little bit. Uh, how many things did you change? And, and are you good with that now? Are you okay yeah. with the change? Are you actually now embracing the changes or are they still difficult? No, and what are they? I think they needed to happen. When I crashed and burned in 2018, I realized that... You can't just give and give and give. And I think by nature, mm-hmm. my calling is to sing songs of hope, to spread hope to people, to minister to people. But I, I was neglecting my, my heart. I was neglecting disappointment. I was neglecting things that I needed to address. I thought I was, but I think we all think we are. <laughs> are you really? And um, so that began the journey of what things used to make me come alive. And I can remember I left the clinic in October 
had my first booking. Um, it's a pretty big event. Like two weeks later, I'm like, I gotta be crazy, but I knew to do it even sick. So I went, did the event and a man, I was up there like, who's sick in this room? We're going to pray right now. And everyone's looking at me like, are you the singer? And I was just so fired up. Oh, I didn't get ever get invited back to that one. But, um, so that began the journey of then finding out, okay, I got my calling down, my purpose down, but what makes me come alive? What did I used to love to do? I love to bike ride. I love to look at sunsets. I love, mm-hmm. I love nature. I've always been drawn to it. I love the ocean. Like, what are the things? And I think for people that are chronically ill, you got to find those things and do it often. Because if not, you're just stuck in this cycle of mm-hmm. defeat. And so I incorporated that into my life, connection with people again. Because when you're sick, once again, the last thing you want to do is be around friends and peers. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're not up for it. But you need, we need one another. So, you know, I needed to connect again. Yep. Dreaming into those three things that they had me, you know, in the biocharge room, doing those oils, essential oils have played, you know, I love them. I've been holistic now for a while. I've been crunchy for pre NYCIM, if we're being really (laughs) real. We didn't do this to you. You were this before. (laughs) I was this before. But um, it's taken it to a new level because you have to be like, I have to be aware of, am I in a hotel room when I'm working that's moldy? If so, I'm the person that goes to the front desk and says, I'm so sorry. For my health sake, can I move rooms? Is it okay if we find a different room? It smells a little moldy. But I know if I sleep in that for a night, I'm going to pay for that right. the next day. Even healed and healthy. I just think it's taking ownership oh, absolutely. of your health and diet. You know, I, I always you know lean towards the healthier stuff. But I'm, I'm one of those people now. Like, what's in it? What am I putting in my body because of what I've been through? I don't want stuff with junk in it on the road. It's so hard, you know? We're... Sometimes getting off shows late or in tour buses or in vans or on getting to the airport and you're starving. But the last thing my body needs is a slice of greasy pizza, even though I love pizza. But it's like <laughs> the last thing that's going to nourish, right? So it's yeah. making those choices and rest. We were just talking about that before the podcast, like working on my rest and my sleep and not going, going, going. Like what am I buffering in this weekend that feeds my spirit, feeds my soul. You know, yeah. as a woman of faith, for me, I I get up, I have my prayer time. I love to be in the word. That just brings me life. Like finding those things that bring you life and center you and yeah. make you come alive, you know? Absolutely. And what I heard so much and what you're saying a lot is it's in the small wins you find those victories and that gives you the positivity when you're near your lows. Mm-hmm. So I, I know so many, you know, it's, it's hard to get out of bed, but just take that as a win that you could put mm-hmm. two feet on the ground, take one breath. You had breath in your lungs. Yeah. There's some That's people it. that yeah. can, you know, have barely their lung function is so mm-hmm. bad. So I would Absolutely. think of like what I did have. Do you know what I mean? And I can remember that the first day I didn't have a headache after like, gosh, nine months, 12 months was in, it was close to February after treatment. So I still dealt with headaches. Mm -hmm. And they, you said, they all said that, like your body is really getting rid of a lot. And I can remember that day. I was just like, this is it. It's happening. The manifestation of the healing, like my body was healed, but now I'm walking it out. And that was such a glorious I think that was the first day I played tennis for like, it had been like two years wow. and it was a terrible tennis game, but I just felt like <laughs> so great to be out there again. Do you know what I mean? Like it was a full circle moment of I'm back. I'm back. Right. You know? And I'm guarantee so many people that are listening or gone through disease, like, I, oh God, I can't wait to be there. And you can And you be will. There. Oh yeah. my gosh. You so will. Don't, if I could encourage someone, don't give up. Like had I thrown the towel in? some of those rough days, I wouldn't be on this side of the beautiful story. Mm. And, um, you know, he promises to work whatever you're going through right now for your good, even though it doesn't look good. Oh, so the cool part we didn't even share is that then a year later on August 28th of this year, Mm -hmm. 2020, so it would have been a full year to like the date of when I'm here in the clinic getting these treatments, I released a new album, which it had been several, several years and just seeing how God worked that for good and what he's doing with that and touring and all the cool things that, you know, single being at radio, beautiful story, how that even ties in with my healing story. Like just all these cool things that I could never have had happen had I not walked this hard 
health story. So just know that even your hard health story can be used for good. Well, that that's the point. It's like healing is a part, but through the healing, so much will happen for you, right? I always heard from people that healing is going to change. You're not going to be the same person you were when you were there because he has to, right? But on top of that, you're going to see so many things come into clarity when you're healed. And we mean real healing. We are talking about spirit. That's real healing. Because I know too many times in medicine, healing is lack of symptoms. Yeah, here we worked on, we worked on my symptoms, but we worked on, uh, what do you call it? The emotional technique? Yeah, neuroemotional like, technique. We worked on here. like heart yeah. healing. We Psychological worked on, states, everything. Yeah, and I thought I was good. Actually, part of my job in my previous season was bringing people through inner heart healing. Like I knew how to do that on my heart. Is there rejection? Is there abandonment? You know what I mean? Like I knew how to walk myself through some of that. But here, I loved how it it was married with the physical symptom mm-hmm. and where your body was like your liver is holding on to rejection what happened at 25 that could have caused that i'm like oh my gosh how did you know that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean yep. um and i think that's the beautiful thing of healing here is it's mind body soul yeah. spirit it's all of it and we need we need all of it yeah. absolutely and there's a big difference again between healing and just treatment or, or management of symptoms because in healing symptoms will go away on their own mm-hmm. but you're getting the body back into a state where it could handle that in treating or managing of it, you're going to require something to do that. And your body will never be able to do that. Mm-hmm. It is forcing the body into something rather than empowering the body. Yeah. And through that healing state, you're not just empowering the body, mind yeah. and spirit also. Yeah. And that's where this beautiful creativity I've learned come from. Mm-hmm. And the ability to create something after you've been healed like you did with this mm-hmm. amazing album is something that I feel everyone that goes through healing, maybe they won't create an album. Yeah. But they I might heard, not be singers, but something no, else. No, yeah. they created a business. They yeah. just found a new passion. They started to travel more and found connectedness in it. So mm-hmm. healing is an incredible thing. Do you have any tips for people going through it of either ways to keep faith or just little things you did to improve your state, such as I know the essential oils are big Mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, I love them. Uh, But any practices there that you were doing that people can maybe say, okay, I want to look into that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was um, staying true to my belief system, Mm -hmm. even through the hard days. And um, for me, I think I mentioned this earlier, my hope is anchored to what the word of God says. So on my lowest of days every day, I mean, I'm not the kind of reader that reads big chunks at a time, but I would get small amounts. Like today, I was like, this is so timely for our podcast. I opened up to a psalm and it just said, God rewrote the text of your life when he opened the book. Well, no, no, God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. And I thought, how fitting is that a year and a half later just to see I anchored my hope that he was going to write a beautiful story out of this. So I would daily find a verse, or maybe for someone it's an inspirational quote, mm-hmm. or a, I don't know, a book that they cling to, or something, a devotional. I, I love, in that hard season, I found books that weren't defeat, weren't like 20 million steps to be your best you. know. I needed <laughs> like facts. I needed yep. things that were going to hit my heart quick yep. and hard songs, music, maybe music plays a role in your life. I would find music that inspired me. There's one song in particular I would listen to here that I think would encourage someone. It says, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, that is who you are. And I just, I believed that my miracle was going to come. So I started listening to lyrics that spoke of that. He's the Waymaker. He's a Miracle Worker. So lyrics, essential oils, connecting as much as I could with people through Marco Polos and FaceTimes and that kind of thing. And I think dreaming as well. Like I felt a lot of permission as I was healing to dream again. And what are the things that maybe I gave up on or thought, oh, I'm the sick girl. That's never going to happen. Or just, I think we have to be careful when you walk through chronic illness, not to buy into some lies. You're never going to be whole again. No Mm -hmm. one's ever going to want to be with you. Like those are just tactics of evil force and enemy or however you want to phrase it to try to get you down. No, the reality is this isn't the end of the story and there's more coming. And so I had to make sure I was renewing my mind with the right thoughts and truth. And um, so I would really encourage people with chronic illness to watch what they're dwelling on. Watch Mm -hmm. your thought life, renew your mind daily, 
think of things that are praiseworthy and pure and lovely and that's going to shift your mind, which is going to shift your heart, which is going to shift your perspective. And man, when you're not feeling it, perspective is like one of the hardest things because you just think this is how it's going to be forever. I remember that. And here I am like, oh my gosh, life and freedom. I feel more free today than I have in a long time to be authentically who I am and watching doors open. And, you know, I think think you just have to find those things once again that make you come alive i would force myself to get on my bike before i was really healed and like pedal my little heart out and watch the sunset and let that bring me peace even if physically it hurt it did something to my spirit did something to my mind that i believe helped heal me yeah you said you wrote a song here in the center while in your iv chair which one was that again oh my gosh it's probably multiple (laughs) songs that were written here so all things for my good was the one that was really used to get me here but the one the great unknown Mm. and um it the chorus just says here i go i'll take another step here i go i'll take another breath though i'm not sure where this road goes i'll look up i'll look ahead I see nothing but your faithfulness because I've never walked alone out here in the great unknown. And I think when you're navigating hard health seasons, you feel like you're in the great unknown. But the truth I cling to and what I have experienced firsthand is I never walked it alone. God was with me every day. I had a support system with my family, friends. Even if you have one friend, you know, let them love you during that time. You know, you don't need tons. We're all different. We're all wired differently. But... um take that next step, take that next breath. That was the whole, literally, I can remember being in the chair, like, just need to keep breathing, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) anxiety wanted to come and just take another breath. I did a treatment here called NAD to kind of help restore some of the neurological function, if I gathered that right. And um, it was hard for me, if I'm being honest, that was the one treatment that my body must have really needed Mm. in it was all the weird symptoms happening, you know, mm-hmm. but I can remember during, they laugh now because I think it took like four to five hours for me to do an NAD treatment and normally like it takes really two. really slow it down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can remember during that treatment, I was just saying, here I go, take another breath, you know, like literally breathe, Jamie, chill yourself mm-hmm. out, you know, here I go, take another step, okay, run to the bathroom again, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like literally doing whatever I could, but I believe God used that NAD to heal some things that weren't functioning right and now it's so cool to have like doctor documentation of tests that are like this looks amazing what do they do you know mm-hmm. so keep breathing keep taking those next steps for me getting behind the piano is so healing so i try to get behind my piano and just play and you know doing again what i'm called to do now if our world will open up again <laughs> but um yeah. fingers crossed yes It's a beautiful album and it comes from this place of faith and healing. And that's what I love about it because, you know, so many people today need healing. It may not be from chronic disease, but I feel like we need to heal as a society also. There's a lot of things that need healing outside of of just medicine and disease. and, And we could all take this story even and give ourselves that faith back. We've lost a lot of it. I get it. Yeah. 2020 was tough. Yeah, <laughs> tough is. on yeah. so many of us. But don't lose that faith. That's yeah. that's the bottom line of all of this. Yeah. Whether you're going through chronic disease, whether you're going through any hardships or anything, find that totem, find that place of faith and hope and never let it go. And knowing that you're loved and seen. I think when I was 21 at college, even having a great family system, like I, I don't have like a lot of major life traumas, which I'm so grateful for, you know, Mm -hmm. but even having that revelation of God loves you unconditionally, like there's nothing you can do today for him to love you anymore on your best day, on your worst day. And I I think to encourage someone on your journey, just that you're loved and that you're seen, he sees you and he loves you and he's created your quirks and your strengths and even your weaknesses he'll use. And that brought a lot of healing into my life, even with my physical healing journey of just resting in that truth, resting in, haven't done anything wrong. You know, it's devil didn't put this on me. This is just something I'm having to walk out. I'm loved. I'm seen by God. And I don't know. I just felt to encourage someone today. You're loved and you're seen and you're not alone. He's with you through the fire, through the hardest days. He is right there with you. Call out to him, ask him, you know, talk to him like you talk to a friend, ask him into your heart and 
I, the Jesus I know just adores you so, so much. If you've heard anything else, I'm not sure you've heard the right <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's a beautiful message. It's such a, a positive one, and, and finding that faith is, is so important to us all. Jamie, where can people learn more about you, the album, maybe yes. get some faith from that yes. as well, and hope? Yeah, I, was, I pray these songs encourage people. It's been fun getting emails from people that are on healing journeys at different songs or like speaking to them right where they're at right and i'm like oh yes i remember what that was like and just you know getting to pray for them or send them a well wish um i guess the best way is just to connect through my website which is jamiejam.com j-a-i-m-e-j-a-m.com instagram twitter facebook um my music's everywhere music is sold spotify Pandora, Amazon, Amazon Music, bookstores, all that, wherever records are sold. If you want the actual CD, you can get it on my website. I know people just download and stream now. <laughs> but yeah, connect with me on Instagram as well. And would love to encourage you if you just need someone to help cheer you on a little bit. Wonderful. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. your story, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Knowing so many patients that were in similar positions to Jamie's and seeing how she overcame such a debilitating and complex condition you have to acknowledge faith's role in healing. And faith will be different for everyone. But I can say for certain that if I see two patients enter the same exact treatments with the same exact diagnoses, same demographics, same symptoms, lab results, and one has faith and the other has skepticism, they will have different outcomes. And the one with faith will have more positive results. This isn't just a guess. This is observing patients over and over and speaking with so many different doctors and seeing the patterns of who gets better and who does not. It's not to say that having faith will automatically lead one to heal, but the union of faith and science is a great one for medicine. Check out Jamie's album, All Things, if you're having any trouble getting inspired or finding that faith. And if you're seeking a different scientific and personalized approach to healing, reach out to our clinic, NYCIM. Jamie's just one of so many amazing healing stories out there, and you've got an incredible story in you as well. Till next time, keep writing that story. <laughs>